It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 67. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. We're talking Golden Gopher football in this week's podcast as we're getting closer and closer to the NFL draft, and there should be some Golden Gopher players who hear their names called this coming week and weekend. Marcus Hendrickson is the director of player personnel for Golden Gopher football. That means he's the liaison between the Gopher program and the NFL teams. If you want to know about what NFL teams think about the Gophers, Marcus is a guy to ask. If you want to know what Gopher football does in order to prepare players for the NFL, Marcus is the guy to talk to. In today's episode, we'll explore what the NFL personnel departments think about the Gopher prospects and how the Gopher players get ready for the draft, among a host of other relevant topics with the talented and knowledgeable Marcus Hendrickson. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone, and True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. We're thrilled they're associated with the Go Gopher podcast. It was my pleasure to be part of their all-company luncheon a couple of weeks ago as they talked about servant leadership and the impact True North has on the community. We're also glad to have Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union with us here on the Go Gopher podcast each week. Affinity Plus is your local credit union throughout the state of Minnesota. Find out more at affinityplus.org slash go gophers. Our podcast is sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com, and we're podcasting episode 67 from the Aquarius Home Services studio. One other quick note, if you're a restaurant or business owner who'd like to have the podcast at your venue and are interested in partnering with us, please contact the great folks at Talk North. We'd love to be on location on a regular basis. TalkNorth.com is where to go. Find Karen Cleary for details. We also invite you to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast. You can go back and listen to the Go Gopher podcast from weeks gone by, including last week's show, which featured new Golden Gopher co-defensive coordinator Nick Monroe, the man they call the Swag Daddy. Find out why in that episode. Go back and listen. You'll certainly enjoy the behind-the-scenes insight into Golden Gopher football. It's free to subscribe and free to listen at any time. This week, it's episode 67 of the Go Gopher podcast. We're talking Golden Gopher football again. Our guest this week is Director of Player Personnel Marcus Hendrickson. My conversation with him is next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on turn scholarship wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utek, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. Hi, Gopher fans. Switching is easy. We do it all the time. We switch on lights. We switch TV channels. We switch on the TV. And with the new transfer portal, some college students even switch colleges, which can seem crazy to us diehard fans. But what's not crazy is how you can switch and save with State Farm. In fact, my agency can switch you over so we can start saving today. My team is ready to welcome you to the State Farm neighborhood and show you it is, in fact, easy to switch and save. When you want the real deal, check us out at champlininsurance.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
It's episode 67, the Go Gopher podcast, and we're talking Gopher football with Golden Gopher Director of Player Personnel, Marcus Hendrickson. He's a return visitor. It was about a year ago this time we had Marcus on the show and talking about Gophers who may or may not be drafted, who may or may not get a shot in the National Football League as the Director of Player Personnel. He has a, a great feel for that, and I want to say it was either right before or right after you had your baby, right? It was right after. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a April, year old? Yeah, April 6th last year. So he's a, he's a little over a year now. Yeah. How's he doing? How's, how's fatherhood been for 12 <laughs> months in now? Uh, it's, it's, it's a joy. Uh, work-life balance has, has been a, a new challenge for me with a little guy, but he's 25 pounds at his one-year checkup. He's a tank. He'll be a – Callie's already uh, offered to uh, coach him up a little bit of uh, O-line stuff in the future, so – we're going to put that ball in his hand and make him a center, I think. A center. Yeah. That's always a good spot. This this program particularly has uh, has had a nice run of centers. You, of course, were a linebacker um, at uh, at Luther College. We have to get the uh, the uh, gratuitous Absolutely. Luther College plug in early. Absolutely. A couple of Norsemen here on the mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, I'm a little before your time. I'm 93 and you're 08. Uh, I though was a teammate of your brother, your your older brother Milt. I was a senior when he was a freshman, and he was on the baseball and football team, a dual right. sport star at Luther, and uh, and he uh, has played football. I'm trying to think, was he a defensive end? He, he played both ways. He's he a total athlete. Yeah, yeah. so uh, he was O line, D line, and then uh, I think he was just O line down the stretch. Yeah, and then first base. First base, yeah, I remember that. He started as a freshman. I was a senior, yeah. and uh, he came right in as a freshman, and then uh, he got into coaching, and now he's with the Green Bay Packers. And I suppose uh, his his uh, track into uh, pro football as a scout now in the front office uh, helped helped you in terms of uh, inspiration and uh, want to. Yeah, I, I think he he definitely made it a possibility. You know. Um, uh, my whole youth was watching him play football, watching my brother Marty play football, watching my brother Mitch play football. <laughs> so it was, I was always drug around to all there. You're the youngest events. of four. The then? Youngest of four boys. Yeah. Uh, three of us played football at Luther, um, and so my whole life was following what they were doing athletically. So I spent a lot of time watching football players, watching athletes. Um, I didn't realize I probably had the talent to evaluate them so early, but it was just kind of a, a natural transition for me, and then. Milt's success in, in the business obviously opened some doors for me to kind of uh, find my own path in the industry as well. So, What's his official title now? Is he like number two in command at the front Yeah, so his title is uh, Director of Football Operations, um, but he doesn't plan the, the trips, you know, yeah. like the way Dan F. does for us in terms right. of uh, hotels and, and flights and stuff like that. But uh, so when you get that high up, everyone's got a title. I think uh, even you know, I'm a director. I don't know how many people work under me, so I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't consider myself a director. I just consider myself a football guy. So yeah. But he's he's real busy. He's in the throes of it right now, um, getting everything lined up for Thursday. So. Yeah. Has he? Uh, is he in the in the? And you can answer however you want here. I'm I'm somewhat joking. Is he in the heat of negotiating with the New York Jets to get rid of Aaron Rodgers? I I you know I think. The brothers have a little chat where we kind of are able to probably talk a little bit here and there, but you know, even he's he's intentionally vague these days with a lot of the information. <laughs> so, I I know that they're 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 doing their best, like we are this time of year, trying to put the best team out there um, for the fall. 
um, I trust I trust them. I trust Goody to do the best for the Green Bay Packers organization for the long term, and we'll we'll see what see what happens. The Hendrickson family grew up in Wisconsin, so they, you guys are Packers anyway, right? Yeah, that's that's our dad's fault. Uh, <laughs> this is all Don Hendrickson's fault for for making us as passionate about. Footballs as we are. So, what was the trek? And, and I'm going to bore people here for the next 60 seconds. What was the trek to Luther? What what was? Uh, how did you guys get three brothers to through Luther College? Of course, I call it God's country. It's oh, you yeah. know the greatest little town in, in America. We grew up in the Driftless area as well, uh, where my hometown is. So that's where Decor is at, Southeast Minnesota, that whole area. Um, so obviously, it's beautiful there. Um, Milt went there. Um, coach Naslin was a head football coach uh, at the time. Yeah, they recruited him hard. Football, baseball was a big thing for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an all-state uh, football, baseball player, and so being able to play both was a big deal for him. Uh, I know he had some walk-on opportunities at some larger schools, but that wasn't exactly what he wanted to do. So um, he chose that, and then uh, brother Marty followed in suit, and then there was a gap there because my brother Mitch decided to go to Marquette and forge his own path. And um, But then Milt was coaching and was re- – recruiting me to play there. So he uh, he signed me to go to Luther College, and then after a year he left for the Baltimore Ravens. And I think I was the only family member a little bit sad by it. Yeah. But um, but he's 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 done tremendous things that way for all of us. So. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. Uh, uh, do you, you Well, you're so busy, and I, I find myself, I can't get back to watch any Luther games either because we got our Saturdays pretty well full and in, in season. It's hard. I, I did make it back the night. We had the Indiana game on a Friday years ago, well, 2018 maybe. Uh, it was homecoming the next day, so I was able to hop in the car Saturday morning and see some old buddies, and that was fun. Yeah, I've been I've been able to get down probably more when I was an area scout because I kind of covered the area, so I can swing in a swing in a trip there to go go see some old buddies. And but uh, when we're busy season and. Yeah, they're a busy season. It's hard to hard to get down there for so. sure. Well, let's uh, talk about the spring game. Uh, we're going to talk certainly uh, the main reason we had you on one because you have uh, just great football knowledge and great connections, and we can tap into some of your insight in terms of guys that have uh, are, are moving on, hopefully to play pro football. So we'll get, we'll get to that in a minute. But um, I do want to ask you about the spring game, which was just completed this past Saturday. As we record right now, it's the Monday following the spring game, and um, and you may look at it in a different perspective than maybe an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator or a head coach or what have you. So I always like to to see, because you're, in, as director of player personnel, you might have a different um, goal than maybe an offensive or defensive coordinator or a position coach. So what was your perspective? What did you see on Saturday? Uh, it was uh, it was fun to see the guys compete. And, you know, we were 15th practice, so it's the last practice of the year. And, um Everyone's kind of in different different stages. You know, you've got the guys who've played a lot of football and the guys who haven't played a lot of football. And so there's a couple key positions that I felt it was really good to see some of the younger guys play in that setting, in that environment um, that haven't, you know, um, haven't been asked to do that yet. So for me, it's always just stay healthy and, 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 and um, see the competitive level. And I, I thought the guys did an outstanding job of um, of challenging each other, competing with each other, and then, you know, having fun with it and then – I think we got a lot of uh, very good reps with some guys that we needed to get reps and kind of give us some confidence going into the fall then that, you know, uh, where our depth is at some spots and who's going to really compete this fall to, to, to be the guy. So I, I thought for me, from my standpoint, it was it was a really good uh, really good event. As always, you know, Coach 
and G put on, <laughs> you know, you know, those flags were kind of funny. And strategically, I was thinking a lot of like, should we throw these flags now? Should we throw these flags later? But just in terms of uh, a, a different way of looking at the game of football than, than it's ever been played. So, it was yeah, fun. it was fun. It was fun. They always make it an event. Um, last year, it came down to field goals at the end uh, in a shootout style. And this year, two point conversions, which which actually is some practicality to that, because there could be at some point a game that that is how the outcomes determined. If you go, what is it the, into a fourth overtime or third overtime? I can't remember now exactly, but whatever it is, that yeah, that is how third, a game yeah, is, yeah. is decided. So there's actually some practicality to both. In in terms yep. of uh, putting a field goal kicker under pressure, and then putting an offense and defense under pressure. Yeah, it was it was it's good, you know, and um, I think we're running out of time for TV wise too. So I think <laughs> the fact that we we didn't go to quadruple overtime was was good for the viewers too. So. Yeah, he he uh, he fit it into the window, no no doubt about that. Um, as as you look, there's always guys in spring football that um, will flash. Like over the years, even here, there's been you know, oh, this guy had 100 yards rushing. And there's times where then you never hear from that guy again. He stays. It doesn't mean he's not good. He just, you know, he, he's on the team and he has a role and he's contributed in one way, but not like what you saw there. And then there's other guys. Uh, Rashad Bateman comes to mind. I'm trying to think some other guys over the years, even last year, eighth into a certain degree, that you're like, oh, this kid, the first time we've really seen him in action. And, and then, yes, of course, they show up you know, as, as the fall approaches. Mm-hmm. So what did you think from that standpoint? Cause there were certainly some guys, newcomers, some guys that have been maybe even some of the transfers that have been other way places producing that, mm-hmm. that were productive Saturday too. No, I, I think, I think there's some young players, um, especially at the running back position. You know, there was, um, you know, Jordan Newman, Tyler's little brother did, did a really good job with his opportunities. Darius Taylor, Zach Evans. I think the, all the three of those guys showed, you know, uh, Sean, we kind of know because he's got a, a, a background time at Western Michigan but just just the number of guys at that position that really stepped up and and had good days um, and then I think just in terms of the the receiving core is really there's a lot of familiar faces and there's a lot of new faces there as well and I think um, I thought across the board this guys caught the ball really well and, and were very competitive and um, it showed the showed the depth of that position um, that we've kind of infused over the last uh, few months so um, and then from a, um, I asked you before we came on the air, is it, does it relax a little for you now that the spring game's over and you kind of giggled and said not at all? And um, I suppose the whole coaching staff then is that way too, right? There's, there's still work to be done here. Yeah, and you're always, you're always looking at um, short-term, long-term, you know, when you're, when you're building a roster. You've got the immediacy of this coming fall, but then you also have um, 20, you know, 2024, 2025, 2026. You're always thinking about, um, short-term, long-term about how you build your roster. And I think um, our coaches are going out on the road and they're going to go out and look at it. some high school kids, guys that we've got a lot of kids committed, a lot of guys that are um, kind of next up in that in that realm. And just getting that, that the live eyes on some guys, especially outside of our footprint, kind of um, to where maybe we haven't had a chance to see them in person yet. Um, so getting those guys seen. And, but those are guys aren't going to be here this fall. So... Obviously, transfer portal is something that's uh, very big these days, um, and so you know the portal being open right now, the spring, the second, uh, this window being open right now. Even in my seat, if we we may not be looking at a position, but you're always constantly seeing what's out there um, and who's who's coming and going and the teams that you're playing against. And but then also, uh, um, is there an opportunity for you to make your team better uh, too? So that's always in these windows when guys have the opportunity to go in. Uh, it's it's a, very busy in, in my desk. Yeah, so. I bet. And and your desk, so let's talk about 
director of player personnel. Um, if you can, I know I'm sure you're asked this all the time. Well, what do you do, right? What, what's your what, what's your role? What uh, what what is your job? Yeah. So uh, nuts and bolts. It's the evaluation side of recruiting. So um, there's a big part of high school recruiting. Um, you know, we talk about a funnel. There's you know hundreds of thousands of kids that play across the country, and then we've got a staff. Uh, that helps, and there's uh, services that we that we uh, subscribe to as well that help us whittle that name to you know several thousand kids every year that we probably look at. And then in my chair, I help funnel those names to uh, Coach Fleck, our coordinators, our position coaches, help them um, in terms of uh, building their boards, in terms of who do we really want to be recruiting, who's talented enough to be recruiting. Um, so I use that kind of. Um, uh, evaluation side of the background that way and then obviously with transfer portal um becoming what it has been since our tenure here um it's it's really another avenue to add to your roster um and so the two windows um from this december january and then now in in april there's hundreds of kids that are entering the portal that are some are uh, lower level kids wanting to come up some are high level kids that maybe are looking for different opportunity and so um Depending on that Goldilocks, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, vein of the type of uh, kid that we want, uh, character-wise, to come into our program, the type of uh, talent and ability that um, they need to have to be successful here. So it's you're 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 looking for a needle in a haystack a little bit, but uh, I think over our tenure, the transport has helped us more than it's hurt us in terms of us identifying really good players, really good people that fit what we do, um, and come in, uh, hopefully, keep adding to our roster and adding to our success here in Minnesota. Yeah, I, I've said that too when people have asked, oh, this guy's leaving and this and whatever. I'm like, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, the Gopher football program has benefited more. They've gotten more production than they've lost in the transfer portal. Certainly, I'm sure there's a kid or two that you're, man, if we would have had him think about this or that. But on the flip side, you've been able to bring some guys in um, that you wouldn't have. I even think back to year one, um, it, it had to been a transfer portal, I, you know, and again, no knock on the two guys because we love them. The guys, uh, Connor, who was around, but you probably go get a quarterback in year one, right? <laughs> if the portal's around and and can can be a different factor. So things yeah. have even changed in the six and a half years that that this staff's been here. Yeah, it's it's amazing the the number that you're able to sign now. Right, we used to have a cap on the number of kids we could bring in, and if we could have brought in unlimited players that first year in transportal we may not have had a team when we got here there may have only been 20 <laughs> kids still sticking around so it's it works both ways in that sense too but um you know I, i'm i'm glad we're at where we're at now um with everything but it's it's really you know i think a you know um chris williamson who's draft pick who's a, he was a transfer that we got in here uh, ben st juice is a draft pick who's a transfer we got in here jack gibbons linebacker is a transfer we got in here started games for tennessee last year so there's that's just off the top of my head you know three guys that um, we were yeah that didn't play a lot or were playing at a lower level that um you know i give our coaches and, and dan nickel a ton of credit just in terms of development of, of of guys both you know in the game of football and then also physically and mentally um getting those guys to to be helping them on the road. They've done the work, but then helping them get to where they're at now. And I think when we end up talking about our 2023 NFL draft class, there's a ton of those guys that kind of fit that bill too of maybe they weren't wanted by a lot of people, but we wanted them. And they put in, you know, the work and the character of these young men and then just their um, their ability to develop in our systems and put themselves in a really good position 
uh, come this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So. Thinking about your role, too, um, you, you might be the only guy in the program that might be the very first guy to see a high school kid on film, right? One of the very first guys, mm-hmm. and now evaluate him and say, yes, this is a kid we should pursue and the fits there or whatever. Um, till right to the very end, you might be the last guy to send them out the door getting them in contact with an NFL team and an NFL scout and an agent and a workout and all that stuff where there are recruiting people on staff and, but, but their most of their job is to get high school kids here. And they probably don't, I mean, they do pay attention to the mm-hmm. whole thing, but they're probably not as concerned on the back end. And there are, you know, coaches that develop in the middle. You're maybe the only guy that, that is uh, start to finish, uh, you know, from, from the, a kid might be in 10th grade and you know him when he's, or, or are aware mm-hmm. of him when he's 16 to now mm-hmm. he's 22 and might get drafted. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is unique because I think there's, there's a, definitely a lull in there. When we, we get them, then the coaches have them and then, their last year here, I, I spend every day talking to NFL scouts about all these guys, and so it's 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 funny thinking about uh, being at Western Michigan in 2016 with you know uh, Tanner and, and and John Michael, and then seeing them now at the spring here, game right. on on Saturday, and you know this is hey this is the last time I'll see you before it, so good luck, and you know if you need anything, call, and 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 if I hear anything, I'll let you know type stuff too because it is a unique relationship right now because I know all. A lot of the guys in the NFL I used to work with or I'm acquaintance with or they come through the building now and um, they're the ones that are asking me about these guys throughout the year and then I'll kind of be in the loop a little bit if, hey, we're going to take this guy before and then I try to put the bat signal out to all of our staff to say, hey, this is, this is coming down the pipe. So, But these, yeah, these, <laughs> the, it, it, it's a wild, it's a wild, you know, path to think some of these guys, the ones that have made it to this point, um, just the amount of work that they put in, and it's it's to me it's, it's this is our this is the best class we've ever signed. You know these yeah. kids just because you know you think about Muhammad Ibrahim didn't have a power five offer except for Minnesota. Tanner Morgan didn't have a power five offer except for Minnesota. John Michael didn't have a power five offer except for Minnesota. You know Mariano, Thomas Rush, um, Jordan Howden. That's six guys that will be on an NFL you know roster and. A week from now, that didn't have power five offers yeah. except for Minnesota. So I think that just speaks to um, the coaches that we've had here, and then also the strength staff that we had here to to train these guys mentally and physically to get to this point. So, um, yeah. you mentioned something last year um, on this podcast that I thought was was pretty deep and and something I hadn't thought about, and I've talked about it with people since that NFL scouts know with how P.J. Fleck runs the program, there is um, maybe a certain requirement amongst players within the culture, as P.J. describes it, that, that you, you, have to, you have to have a special knack. You have to have uh, extra oomph. You have to have uh, more drive. There's, there's extra required if you're going to go through this thing. And it, as P.J. has said, it's not for everybody. And you mentioned that the NFL scouts have talked to you that they know – if a guy's gone through four or five, or in some cases now six years in this program, that they're going to be able to handle stuff in the NFL. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Not to say that other programs don't have that, but there is a different. This is a different deal here. There's no doubt. They they see how we practice, and they see um, we've been here long enough. And and from coach's tenure at, at Western, he said. He had a lot of guys have success and are still in the NFL from his time there too, to where you you know what you're 
what you're getting. It's there's there's a brand, but much like you go to a, a store, if if you're gonna buy a Coke or Pepsi, you know what you're buying. So, I think in in terms of the NFL, they understand what the Minnesota brand is. They understand what Coach Fleck's brand is. If if Coach Fleck, who I I know from my time as being a scout, he spends more time with scouts than any coach when I was on the road. Now there's there's a difference between when I was on the road, a coach would you know, come up to your practice, say, hi, you know, they taking care of you and anything. And you'd be like, yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Um, versus sitting down in his office for, you know, for, for extended period of time right. to, because he loves these, he loves these kids like they're his own. And th- this class especially has helped kind of, uh, bring everything that we were talking about bringing here, uh, from, from our time at Western Michigan and, and building this to where, um, to be as competitive as we are year in, year out now. And uh, it's just you know exactly what you're getting and the type of kids. If 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 they're a good player and they've 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 been here that that long, we don't worry about their personal character, their football character, their 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 love of the game, their intelligence. They've they've shown that and they've earned that. So it's it's pretty easy. It makes my job a lot easier about these guys. So how often is it? Almost every practice, somebody from an NFL team is with you throughout the uh, throughout the season. Yeah, every every day I would say. Um, and that is open during training camp, and then um, until we get to about November, scouts are starting to get smart. Once it comes in November time, they're like, "I'm gonna try to get yeah. not be on the road up here in November." Be, We're gonna go watch great. Georgia play, yeah, or yeah, we'll, practice. Yeah. yeah, we'll be in, you know, <laughs> somewhere southern, south. Or so, yeah, yes, warmer than here. So, <laughs> um, and then how, how does that work with you? Are you the guy? Like, if I'm a scout for the Cleveland Browns, as you were at one time, do I just call you and say, "Hey, I'd like to come to practice Thursday and watch"? A certain guy or is it does it vary yeah so um generally the process goes um we're open you know um as open as any any program in the country in terms of access and and, and visits and coach Fleck does a great job with us allowing us to do that um and you know so tuesdays tuesdays and wednesdays are generally our, our padded practices or our practices that we um we get our most work in in terms of um uh, those are the best to, to to watch if you're an evaluator as a scout coming in. So I, I, I attempt to steer them to, to those days, but knowing that their schedules are what they are, if they need to come to a Thursday or Friday practice, if it's a home game or if they're coming on a game day. Um, so we'll, we'll get them in. I'll spend time with them. Coach Nickel will spend time with them. Um, uh, Coach Fleck generally spends time with them before practice starts, and then they're going to ask their questions about, you know, you know, what, what are his parents like? How was he raised? Um, you know, uh, what's his home life like? Does he have a girlfriend? Does he have a serious relationship? You know, who's in his life? What, who's in his circle, essentially? Um, and they want to get to know everything about this person because at the end of the day, they're going to be investing hundreds of thousands or tens of millions of dollars sure. into this um, individual to where they want to kind of poke every hole in them as they can. Um, and so they get as much background from us um, – and then uh, they'll watch practice. They'll watch film. Um, they'll, you know, they'll end up talking to our position coaches and, and trainers and uh, equipment staff. Basically, anybody that could potentially come across uh, with them, they're the good ones are gonna find a way to get yeah. their time, and get their ear. So um, that's generally a day. Um, with modern technology, they spend less time probably watching film and more time gathering background and talking to people because that's the most important thing when you're on a visit anymore. 
because of the technology, it's so much easier to get film. So. Does it get um, more serious then as a player gets older? I would assume, like maybe if it's a freshman or sophomore, but hey, this guy's looking good in practice. Yeah. But they maybe at that point aren't that worried yet about who mom and dad is, who girlfriend yeah, is, so, what grades are, whatever. So, so generally, I, I'll give them kind of like, hey, here's the guys that are exhausting eligibility, or here's the guys that um, we're talking about um, from the, the immediacy of the next draft class. Um, and that's generally their main focus, um, just because it, the NFL can't touch you until three years removed from high school. Now, COVID is, is kind of creates a little bit more of a limbo of who is and who is not yeah. draft eligible. So um, that's a little bit more a headache for pro liaisons around the country and, and area scouts about, like, who their list is. But um, for the most part, when they come in here, um, we had a rising senior day this spring with about uh, 15, 20 guys of ours that we put in front of young scouts, and they measured them, and they, they, they did some tests and background stuff that way. So they kind of generate the list, National Football Scouting, which also runs a combine, and, and Blesto are two organizations that uh, represent about 29 of the 32 NFL teams. So that information gets distributed. And so they generally come with a list of who they think is they need to ask about. And then I will supplement, or Coach Fleck will supplement with, hey, you should also look at this guy too. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and I know I've been at practice at times where I'll see a young guy and I'll I'll go even to you or to whoever on the sideline, hey, who's who's number 28 or whatever? I just threw that number out there. Um, and for me, it's mostly just to have a back one to sometimes just know who 28 is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how often does that happen where a scout is there to to talk about, you know, as you mentioned, that next group of graduates and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, who's number 45 out there? Who's uh, number – it every every practice every day, <laughs> there's like who's this guy? Am I supposed to be looking at this guy or not? And I'll say he's just a freshman. Or uh, I remember when tea time got here, I'm like this kid's a tenth or eight hundred meter, so you can worry about him in four or five years. But just so you can you know, because I know Put I him on I, your list. Yeah. I was I was in that job before. Uh, I have a good relationship with a lot of the guys that come here, and I and I and I do my best to. Here's the guys you really need to focus on. Here's the guys that are going to be coming down the pipes. So you're going to be having to come back here next year with more bodies, more visits. Um, so we definitely love the NFL guys coming through. Uh, it's it's good for our our players to to see them coming through, um, and then it, it helps us in recruiting. It helps us um, when these guys go on and be successful, and it also helps train them for at any at any given practice, any given moment. Someone could be watching and that's that play or that interaction that you had with your coach or your teammate is like that's that moment where I knew this kid was was right for us you know t-max because uh how he held himself accountable how he held the teammates accountable that like those intangible traits if they just wanted the film they'd come they just watch sure. the film they, they come to practice to see how these guys interact with one another how people respond to them you know everyone's a leader but being a leader is different than just having that you know um trade attributed to you so I, I think some of the guys in this class you know I think of the Tanners and the Moes and the John Michaels just the leadership that they've had Mariano especially those guys were were leaders and I think when scouts came to practice this year to watch these guys they they saw it they felt it they heard it and then um, it reinforces what what you know our coaches tell them uh, on the side and what I tell them on the side so um they know exactly what they're getting going back to the, you know, when you, uh, P.J. Fleck, coach, player at Minnesota, you know, the type of kid, uh, how they've been trained, and and um, I think that's why they're valued um, highly by league circles. 
we talked about this last year, but I think it's worth reiterating. And then we're going to get into the individual players to find out kind of what, what you're hearing about them. And that is when you're talking to uh, NFL scouts, you want to certainly for the good of the program and the good of the player who you've created a great relationship with, promote that guy and say, Hey, you should draft him or he's great. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, how much, like if you do that for everybody mm-hmm. and there's a couple strikeouts there at some point, your credibility becomes an issue too. So how, how is that balancing act to say, yeah, here's, here's, here's why this guy's great, but how much do they want, also want to know, well, mm-hmm. Marcus, what do you think? I mean, where does he need work? And then how uh, honest do you have to be on that as well, knowing that there's that, that I suppose, a bit of a balancing act there. Yeah, I, I, there's there's two sides of it. There's the there's the the character side, and then there's the eval side. The football eval side, you know, I, generally, if I feel that they're way off, I will try to say, like, you know, I see him every day, so like I see the pros and cons. I think he's more this than this, but you know, that's what that's what they get paid to do. My my biggest thing is make sure that they get seen, and then that you know, making sure that the guys that um, have legitimate NFL aspirations and legitimate NFL uh, shot, they get seen by every team. And then it's up to those teams to, to, to take yeah. them. Um, and then, you know, I've, I've been known to, to push on guys, and then those guys come back again in the next fall, and I say, I, I told you about this guy. You know, you, you went higher than you thought he would go. And, um, and so I, I think there's that, that give-and-take relationship-wise, and we use them a lot too and to help, you know, advise some of our guys about – you know, should I stay? Should I go? And there's a lot of relationships that I've built over the years that coaches built over the years where we can pick up the phone and call, you know, 10, 20 you know, teams and just say, hey, what, you know, where do you see this guy? You know, um, and then give them that live information, that live feedback to help them make that decision. Yeah. And then when it comes to, to, to like the background side of it, like, you know, thankfully I'm at a program that's run uh, so well where, it's hard for, 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 for someone if they don't do the right things all the time to, to survive four or five years. You're right. And so the guys that get, you know, go on to pursue the NFL that have, have finished it, you know, they've, they've had to, you know, you know, they've grown up. The, the maturity level is there. Uh, I don't feel bad about talking about them in terms of, you know, who they are because I, I don't have to sugarcoat stuff. And, and what I do tell all these guys in the process is that, I'm never going to lie for you. I'm never going to tell anyone something that you're not about yourself because, to your point, if I say that every player is, is the hardest-working, greatest kid I've ever been around, then I'm doing a disservice to the next man. So yeah. um, so there's the young players on our team that do do those things. To your point, you know, you, you can't burn bridges that way. So. Yeah, I think it's a, it's all a unique aspect for sure. Let me read a quick commercial, and we're going to talk about the guys that could be NFL players from this team. Affinity Plus, your local credit union, proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. We thank them for being a part of our Go Gopher podcast. If you're a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, you're eligible to join a financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. You can meet with a local employee at any of their branches. They're statewide, including right off campus here in Minneapolis. To learn more and find another way to connect you can go to affinityplus.org slash go gophers affinityplus.org slash go gophers affinity plus federal credit union federally insured by ncua marcus hendrickson director of player personnel uh, with us we have a list of 10 guys uh, from this gopher team from this past season that um, have some nfl aspirations some of these guys will get drafted some of these guys will be uh, street free agents at the end of the draft and some may make rosters some are certainly going to give it a go so uh, let's run through this list i 
I, I know you're a busy man, so I appreciate the time. And and we got to start, I think, with John Michael Schmitz. I think he's consensus the the guy that's going to get uh, his name called first in this draft. Maybe even as soon as Thursday night in the first round. What uh, are you hearing from him? I mean, we know what a great player he has been. What a great leader he has been. He's meant a lot to the program. Probably should have won. Uh, you know that the what was it? The Outland, I think, right? And uh, uh, Remington. Remington. Sorry, yep. the Remington. Yep. Um, so what are you hearing on John Michael Schmitz? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, every guy and every team, they're, they're going to be a little bit tight to the vest these days about who they like and who they don't like. And um, I think he's done nothing but put himself in the best position possible. Through all, uh, He went to the Cena Bowl. Uh, he did the Combine. He had a ton of meetings, uh, private workouts, stuff like that. Uh, since then, with, with uh, a number of teams, I'm very confident. Um, he won't. He won't long last long uh, in day two. Um, I think there's an outside shot he can go in the first with with the right team. I think a lot of it just depends on how the board goes. Um, I think John's a victim of the position that he plays. If he was a tackle and not a center, I think he'd probably be the, you know, he'd be a surefire, you know, <laughs> yeah, top twenty type guy. But that's just the nature of the business. So. There's only 32 starting centers, right? Yeah, and and you know his. Being the best at something is, is 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 great, and I think there's a lot of teams that have good centers out there already on on NFL rosters. So, um, you're you know, he's gonna go to a position or to a place that I think is gonna be really good for him, and he's gonna get a chance to start right away and start his career the right way early. And he's got the mindset and and to to handle that. And whoever ends up getting him is gonna get a very good player. We were down at the Senior Bowl, and Coach Callie's a, a Chicago guy, just like John Michael and. Um, uh, coach Eberflus, who's the head coach of the Bears, he was a linebackers coach when I was in, in Cleveland. So I re- reintroduced myself to him and I said, "Hey, if you need a guy to run your offensive line, I said John Michael's the guy." So I know um, they're they're one of many teams that are I think uh, highly interested in, in him, and I think have picks in that kind of in that twenty-five range, yeah. to you know fifty window um, that he'll probably end up going in. He is a guy uh, assuming good health. Let's just say if he's healthy, he can have a uh, a long NFL career, right? I mean, he, yeah, he just has been a productive player. Yeah, he's, you know, health is always the biggest thing. It's not for long league, you know, as they mm-hmm. call it. And so, um, but if you know, if there's anybody that's going to play eight, nine, ten years in the league on, of this list of guys, he'd be the one that I'd put it on. No disrespect to the other guys. I think all those guys would, yeah. would understand me saying that too. And he's just the grit, the toughness, just the do what it takes – for that position and that you know, for an offensive lineman, like he's 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 wired the right way, and we're we're sad to see him go. He's hard hard one to replace in my yeah. current seat. So <laughs> he's very good for sure. And last one about him, I, I I'm thinking in terms of the time you guys have been here, um, in terms of like if you're going to have a a draft pick and you're going to put a cut up of of highlights together, regardless of position, he might have the most impressive cut up of tapes with pancakes and blocking downfield and sprinting to open holes and calling line signals. I mean, it's certainly Bateman had some great catches and Tyler yeah. Johnson and others, but might he have the most impressive one? Well, i it depends on the audience. I would yeah, say, right, you know, right. the, to the, to the, um, to a guy like me, meat and potatoes, football type guy, like his every play, how hard he played the, the urgency and violence that he played with. Like that's like, that's, that's fun tape. And it's probably a very long tape because some of our receivers probably only had you know six or seven targets a game. He he had you know sixty seventy snaps a game where he was putting his body and moving men against their will. So 
So yeah, pretty pretty impressive. All right, let's let's run through some of these others. Mohammed Ibrahim, obviously all time leading rusher in school history, and I've seen so many varying. Uh, you know, mocks or, you know, oh, he's a free agent. Oh, he'll go, you know, whatever, third round. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's hard to hard to know, right? Yeah, it's, it's a hard one for me to pin down, too. You know, kind of similarly to John Michael with center, like running back is um, is a position that has been devalued in the NFL uh, of late. And so every year um, that position, where does the first one go? Where's the run on running backs? Um, is it early? Is it middle? Is it late? Um, I think for him, I, I feel confident that there's a team out there that wants him, that wants his temperament and his style of play that really fits um, what they want to do. Um, if he ended up back close to home, I think he'd be really excited about that, um, and that team likes to run the ball. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, I think he's, he's, he's another guy that um, has done everything that has been asked of him, and he's, he's – um, I'm excited to see where he ends up because he's a guy that when he was coming out of high school, we got here. He was an uncommitted guy, smaller guy. Like, is he, can he handle playing in the Big Ten? You know, yeah. And he's done everything in his tenure here to, to, to break all those, um, you know, questions and, and stereotypes being like, no, this guy is legit. And I think he's going through that same recruiting process, you know, like, oh, is he is he big enough? Is he fast enough? Watch him with the ball in his hands um, uh, over the, as many times as I've seen it, and there's not a better one. Uh, so I think there's teams out there that are smart enough to not let, you know, to, to think, go against the grain a little bit when it comes to um, – uh, the running back position, and they're going to get a really good one. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, the production's there. He's, uh, he, he's uh, the number one rusher in, in the history of the program. Uh, tea time, Terrell Smith, and what a what a career, what a what an arc he had. Came in as a freshman starter, um, and then you mentioned Benjamin St. Juice came in, and that that nullified some of his playing time, and then some nagging injuries and inconsistencies, and then uh, what a great senior year he had. Yeah, and he's tea time started that last off season. Um, it's never been the physical with with him. It's always been just um, the confidence, and he really he really spent this off season, um, last off season, focusing on you know the little things and getting better. And he he really he showed up this year uh, every every game, and um, and he's a guy that has a he's a type of player that a lot of teams value that length that speed, um, and then he really backs it up this year with his play and in, in terms of physicality on the perimeter and the run game in terms of making plays in the ball. So I, I can see him, you know, sky's the limit with him. He could go as high as what Ben did, uh, back in 2020, um, or 2021 draft. Um, but it's also a scenario that, you know, how many corners are out there? You know, uh, how does he? This is the teams that value that type of player. Did they already have someone? Did they take someone? So, he's kind of anywhere. I think from that late day two to like uh, to to mid day three is kind of the window that I would see him in, um, just because of that size and that speed. That's what that's what they want. You know, it's kind of the inverse yeah. of of Mo. Like Mo's like this super productive, like has done it all type player, but maybe he doesn't have the size speed that plays at that. Whereas T times like. He's starting to show that production, but he's more of what plays at that yeah, level. Yeah, he so, looks like the yeah, guy. It's a yeah, different, yes. it's a different kind of equation with those two. So, um, so I'm I'm, I'm kind of talking out of both sides, like of my mouth. Like I think this guy's he's the the better football player. This guy's the better like plays at that level. So, it's 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 always um, everyone's a little bit different. And all 32 teams 
look at things differently. And, yeah. And and some teams value body type more than other teams. Um, some teams value production more than other teams. So it depends on who's the decision makers on, on any given day. But both those, you know, both those guys are going to have success um, wherever they end up. I know at Pro Day we chatted with him a little bit, and he talked about in the off season he started to work with the training staff for flexibility and mm-hmm. every day put in extra time with I don't know whatever stretches and exercises yep. it is, and yep. that has helped uh, yep. his his play and I suppose how NFL teams look at him with his flexibility yeah. and swivel. Uh, um, Coach Fleck would call it buttery hips, yeah. um, but he spent a lot of time. Um, the last three years, even working with Dan Nickel on his on his hip flexibility, um, he's always been a very like linear, fast athlete. Um, but it's been some of the the lateral stuff that he needed to, to 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 be an elite athlete at the level that he's going to compete at. Like you need to be better at it, and and that discipline was easier for me to talk to him about scouts, just saying that he does this every day. He's in there every day at the same time doing this with Coach Nickel. This isn't required by our staff. This is something that he's he's doing on his own. So that initiative and, and consistency was another reason why I think he's going to get a really good opportunity. Well, and uh, they always like fast guys, right? At yes, the end of the day, yes. They always like fast guys, and he can run for sure. Jordan Howden, what a story, too. Uh, safety, four-year starter, started as a, a preferred walk-on and mm-hmm. uh, took some lumps, I remember, that that, that day down at Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there were some lumps to be taken, his first real thrown into the fire, and by the end, um, that was a guy you wanted to go to battle with, right? Yeah, 2018 Maryland. Yeah, that was that was a rough day for for a lot of us. But uh, his he's he's a fun fun young man, and he's a guy that I don't know if he's played anyone's played more defensive snaps since we've been here than Jordan Howden. And to do it at the level he has, and the the athleticism that he has, the speed that he has, I think you don't always notice it because of the nature of the position. Like he's the safety, he's the last man back there. He's not, um, but he's always the guy that we felt if push came to shove we got thin at corner we got thin at nickel like he could go down and play those positions because of his length and athleticism and and he had a really good pro day uh he's another guy that was at the combine I expect him to be a draft pick um he's he's done everything he should should and can do here at the University of Minnesota to to help himself with that so he's a guy that I I when I talk with scouts about him um He's kind of that Swiss Army knife, jack of all, master of none. Like he can, he can be a depth guy at free, at strong, at nickel, like emergency corner, can play on teams. So like, people forget, you know, we have a we have 85 scholarships, and we can travel 73 on game days um, in the Big Ten, but in the NFL, you've got 47 guys. Yeah. So, so it's hard for our coaches to figure out our travel roster. Sometime we'll have that, you know. So. Guys that can do multiple things, that versatility is, is, is key, and I think that's part of the reason why, why Jordan's going to get drafted and Jordan's going to end up having a good career. Yeah, because yeah, and he was a great special teams player here as well. All right, so Tanner Morgan, we talk about production. We talk about, um, uh, uh, you know, what does he have on tape? I know he was at a couple of All-Star games. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, Tanner Morgan? Uh, he's he's the best. Uh, I love this kid. We share the same birthday. Um, but... Uh, He's he's exactly what I think certain teams are looking for from a standpoint of he's a very mature kid. He's always been a very mature kid. He's always been productive everywhere he's been. Um, and I think he's that um, – like, I don't envision Tanner ever starting multiple seasons for a team in the NFL, but I can see, you know, you know the guy that is that second, third quarterback that – knows the offense on limited reps to get you out of a situation, get you through a short patch where your starter's hurt, 
but also be that that extra coach, that peer mentor, that guy that can help, um, you know, for a young, talented quarterback that maybe hasn't had the accrued seasons, the accrued sure. snaps, the doesn't see it as well. Um, those type of guy, that type of guy that can can um, really be of value. Um, um, and I think he's got enough, and I think he showed at his pro day um, um, the ability to, to physically be good enough, but his, his intangible traits are what really sells him amongst a, a lot of other guys. And I think um, – you know, I think what Brock Purdy did this year for for uh, San Francisco, uh, he was Mr. Irrelevant. You know, last pick of the draft. Last pick of the draft, and he went there. And I think their 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 careers and their their skill sets are very different. They're both six one type quarterbacks. Um, um, kind of helped build a program, um, played a lot of snaps, but never was kind of like a, a big time accolade guy. Um, and he went out there and did success when had success. And so, I think that. For the Midwest scouts that I talk to, like they, there's an easy correlation uh, that way. So I, I can see Tanner, um, definitely landing with the team, and then, you know, making the most of whatever opportunity he gets. Yeah, because so. in in one way, um, it, it, in the draft, it's weird because teams want to draft young players, 21 year olds or 22 year olds are better than 25 year olds. Tanner's old, but. The role you described, you want an old guy. Yeah. And so he's beyond his years a little bit as a rookie. You're going to pay a guy rookie money to, as you say, be uh, one, an emergency guy like Purdy was. And who knows where Purdy will end up? Will mm-hmm. he be the starter? Who knows? But two, uh, we've heard Kirk Cousins talk about how important the backup quarterback spot is to help him with a game plan yeah. during the week. And, and Tanner can certainly do that wherever he goes. Yeah, and he's he's such a mature, um, mature young man. Um and, and understands it. He gets it. Like he's he's self aware. And like going down the stretch this season, like he wasn't able to play because of his injuries. But he he was helping the team the best he could. Um, you know, getting Ethan ready. And so I like he he knew that like that's the best way that he can help the team. And he's gonna if if that's his role at the NFL level, he's gonna do it. Um, it's you know it, it's he's. I've had nothing but but great things to say about him to to all the NFL teams that come through and 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 I think he understands that if that's his vein to keep playing football, like that drive that love of the game is what separates him from a lot of guys that he'll be successful no matter what. Yeah, so. he's he's just a uh, just a great dude. I mean, he's been one of the more fun guys to cover for me too over the years here at Minnesota. So wish him the best. Uh, another one of those guys I'd put in that category is one of my favorites is Mariano Sori Marin, another Chicago kid. Um, and uh, he's been on this podcast a, a few times over the years, and we've done food breakdowns, and we've done real football breakdowns, and um, you know he has um, just a smart guy, great family, um, incredible story with uh, with uh, which we've talked about. In fact, I think it kind of he, he kind of nobody knew about that story in a in a you know mass media type thing until this he mm-hmm. mentioned it on this podcast mm-hmm. about his great uncle and his grandfather coming mm-hmm. from Cuba. We don't have to go into all that. Go back and listen to the past podcast, but what a story he is and and he's got a shot here. Yeah, I mean, he's he's um um he's one of those guys that you don't realize um when it, NFL teams are looking at, at at these these athletes. They're looking for size, they're looking for speed, they're looking for elite athletes. And and Mariano doesn't always scream like the the best athlete on the field. 
But we had him at camp when he was coming out. Um, it was in summer of 2017, and he tested really well. So I knew he was going to test well at his pro day, and he did test very well. He ran in the four sixes. And so, and then you, you put that in with his how mentally sharp he is and how physically tough and how much he loves football. Like, he's a guy very similar to Jack Gibbons the year prior that, like, you're going to nitpick him a little bit here or there, but then when you, when you actually watch the film um, – like how physical he is, how tough he is, and then you get him in the room, and that's where these guys separate themselves. Is you know they get they get the opportunity to go to an NFL team, and then there's linebackers coaches or special teams coaches. They're playing chess, and you're a chess piece. And the better that you're able to execute what they ask you to do with consistency and precision, like those guys get valued. So maybe there's a guy that's a little bit more athletic than you, a little bit faster than you. But can you think faster than them? Can you react faster than them? Can you be more consistent than them? And so that, you know, that's when guys earn jobs, make rosters, is, is, is in those moments. And then I think of guys like, like Mariano, I think of Thomas Rush, like both those guys are guys that are going to be able to go in there, be a sponge, absorb everything that they're giving them, and then spit it out in a short amount of time and really execute the details that are required of them that are make them invaluable. And so you'd be like – Holy cow! How did how did how did this guy make this roster? Yeah. It's like how does this guy, you know, Jack Gibbons, starting games at the end of the season as an undrafted guy? It's because it's between the years, you know. So they, they to play in the NFL, you have to have basic, you know, metrics of size and speed and you know strength um, just to survive the game. Um, but it's what's between the years really kind of uh, deviates and delineates the guys that are average to to, to really good. So. Yeah, and Mariano, I think, has kind of gotten into this uh, this legendary reputation of film study, and mm-hmm. and and you hear the young guys, and they all on the defense, especially, say, "Yeah, I learned how to study film from Mariano." And I think he says he learned how to study film from Thomas Barber, who's now, of course, mm-hmm. on your staff, and all those mm-hmm. things. So it's kind of fun. I think about Morgan, who we just talked about, and Mariano, who we're talking about now. Um, it wouldn't stun me if they're like next in line. Maybe, hopefully, they have long NFL careers. But whenever it happens, that they would be next in line to um, to get added to a coaching staff like Winston uh, was done uh, here with with the Gophers because he he's had a early impression. But both those guys strike me as guys who could coach the game. Yeah, and I, I you know, I may be asking one of those guys for a job, and you know, at some <laughs> point down the road too. You know, they're they're both, you know the. Their makeup and their intelligence and their love of the game, like I would, I would have them on any staff that I work on. Yeah, so. right. Well, you mentioned Thomas Rush. Let's move to him next. Uh, Rush in came in, I think as a linebacker, right? And then you guys kind of look yep. what you did with Carter, yep. moved him outside, and and um, he had a productive career as well. And he's got a shot. Yeah, he was a high school running back um, that came in. We recruited as a linebacker. Was on linebacker until I believe COVID year, and then we moved him to the rush position. Um, but that versatility, that 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 athleticism, you know, another guy that tested extremely well, another guy that we knew was going to test extremely well. Um, I had some teams reaching out about, you know, can he play fullback? You know, is it would he be willing to play fullback? And I think, you know, his his path to roster, his path to, to playing in the NFL is going to be that. There again, Swiss Army Knife, you know, he's going to be a backup, you know, edge guy, backup inside guy, um, playing all four phases teams. You know, he was a very good special teams player here for us too. And so there may be a better linebacker than Thomas in this draft, but is there a better guy that can play this, 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 and this? And going back to how do you make a roster in the NFL, it's that versatility, that, that intelligence, that ability to play multiple spots in a short pinch. Um, I think um, 
Thomas has that kind of you know, Swiss Army knife aspect to him that will allow him to 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 make a team this year. Let's talk about two of the stronger guys on last year's team, Axel Rushmeyer and Chuck Filianga. Um, both offensive linemen, both uh, guards. They kind of bookended, or I, I guess, yeah, flanked the uh, the All America center, John Michael Schmitz. One on the right, one on the left. Uh, tell us about those two guys. Yeah, both those guys. Um, they both did a really good job at pro day. Um, you know, it's always a benefit when you know you've got a a blue chip player like John Michael, then the more the more eyeballs are there watching you. And so they, they both did a really good job with their opportunity. They both done a really good job, um, you know, throughout the season, being consistent, playing tough, playing banged up. Um, Axel, I always think about just, you know, he was a walk-on when we first got here who had a, you know, was coming off an injury. And then to say that he's not only started, but was a multiple-year starter for yeah. us, um, and he's he's another guy that was at the spring game uh, this past week, and his his toughness and intelligence, and I think he's going to get an opportunity. Uh, you know, someone will give him an opportunity after the draft to to come in, and just because um, there's not a lot of big guys out there, and and the number of guys in the NFL, that's probably the I would say the weakest position depth wise, just because there's there's you need a lot of them, and there's not a ton of them are being produced year in, year out. You're seeing a little bit more now on the high school side, too. It's a lot cooler to play quarterback or sure. be the receiver. Like, a lot of NFL cornerbacks probably recruited in college as receivers, you know. So, like, guys want the ball. So, I, I think when I think about Axel, I think about Chuck, these kind of meat and potatoes, offensive linemen, tough guys that, you know, work really hard or smart. They do everything or ask. I think, you know, both are going to have a good opportunity wherever it ends up to – you know, fight for a practice squad spot. So our last uh, guy uh, amongst the group of ten that we're talking about here on the Go Go for podcast special teamer uh, Matthew Trickett, who had a good uh, two year stretch here with the Gophers, um, and uh, as a place kicker, that's always a premium spot in the NFL. Every game comes down to a field goal, so you need a guy that can make a clutch field goal. So, uh, what's your scouting report uh, on him, and what do you hear about him? Uh, his his consistency uh, every year he was here was was awesome and that was something coming out of Kent State where he was all max special teams player of the year there in that conference and you know he lived up to that billing here for us um, just the the consistency of his his, his stroke uh, as a kicker great kid and I think his pro day really I think surprised a lot of people just because you know you know we didn't give him a lot of opportunities. We weren't in a lot of positions to kick long field goals. Right. And because we have Dragon, who's got such a great kickoff leg, like he didn't get to showcase maybe how strong his leg was all the time. Um, but the way he kicked at Pro Day, I think, opened a lot more eyes about this kid's not only a, a consistent, you know, accurate field goal kicker, but he also can have that leg strength to kick some of those longer kicks and then also do the kickoff stuff, which is um, not to broken record, but – if you're going to be a specialist in the NFL, there's only going to be one of you on the roster. Yeah. So you've got to be able to do kind of everything. Um, so I think he's he really put himself in a really good position. And, you know, at a position that's probably one of the hardest to crack because you if you're a good kicker, you know, you can kick for 20 years, yes. you know. Yeah. So um, and so there's not always I – mean, there's there's a couple openings every year. And so to, to be the best, you know, offensive lineman in the NFL draft, like it's – there's a lot more open season, openings, a lot yeah. more vacancies. It's easier to kind of crack that nut, whereas kickers, you know, punters, 
long snappers, that's that's always a little bit harder. But I think he put himself in a position based off of his, his career, his body of work, but also how he performed on pro day. And kickers, too, it's one of those deals where they just recycle guys, right? So even if you got cut by a team, if you have six or seven years in the league, some other team that needs a kicker is going to go with that guy usually instead of some young guy. So it take it, it's hard to prove yourself, too, yeah. right? There's just so few chances. I think when uh, – when I was in Cleveland, we had our, our kicker and punter go down at different times, and we had back-to-back days of you know seven or eight kickers workouts at the same you know yeah bring in a crew and work them out, bring another crew and work them out, and so it's you know it's how you kick on that specific day, but it's also your body of work and your history and and, and your pedigree that kind of help dictate whether you get an opportunity or not. So. Well, hopefully they put in the tape in Lincoln, Nebraska, when he kicked those two <laughs> kicks down there this past season. That was the key to the you know they went yeah. you don't win the game without uh, those kicks, right? Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. He's 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 shown to be clutch when we really needed him too. So. All right. Well, hey, man, uh, I, t- I kept you almost double what I told you. I appreciate it. I hope you didn't have some meeting that you're, you're missing out on here. But um, so much good info. Um, we had to get the Luther College plug in to start, of course, and then fun to hear about these 10 guys. An exciting week for you, I know, and uh, the, 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 the uh, football part of it never ends for you. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll never forget last year. We were kind of leaving the office in day three and didn't know if Coe was going to get drafted or not, but then he got drafted. That was an exciting. Yeah. exciting well, I remember, I think, on the podcast you even said, because not a lot of people were putting him in any mock mm-hmm. drafts, you mm-hmm. said, hey, I think there's a chance because people want that mauling uh, tight end that can block. And actually, he ended up catching some passes too. But I think you were the first guy to kind of put me on to yeah. the fact that Coe might get drafted because nobody had him yeah. as a guy that was going to get drafted. Well, I think I think that's the same way with Mo. It's like – Coe was the best blocking tight end in college football last year and two years ago now, excuse me. And so if you are, if you have the market cornered, you have a premium on this skill, this specific trait, plus he was a good special teams player, which he continued to do down in Tampa this year, like someone's going to find value where other people don't see value. And so because there's 32 teams, there is going to be, someone is going to, fall in love with with Muhammad Ibrahim. Someone's yeah. going to fall in love with with a Keith. And then when you put it into the program and the culture that we have here at Minnesota where these guys that thrive aren't just guys that are just long, beautiful athletes that are just naturally gifted and fast. It's guys that have had to fight and claw and 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 do it the right way for a long time to where you know what exactly you're getting and and you know, Co is a, is a perfect example of that last year and I think Mo, you know, um, Mariano, these these guys that maybe not every team's going to love, but the the team that fits them is going to love them, and they're going to do a really good job. For and they'll them. fit in, no doubt. Well, hey, uh, we'll let you get back to it. We appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, Marcus Hendrickson, Director of Player Personnel, University of Minnesota Golden Gopher Football. It's episode 67 of the Go Gopher podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Gopher Director of Player Personnel, Marcus Hendrickson, and all the insight about the Gopher football players prepping for this week's NFL draft. The Go Gopher podcast episode 67 is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. We're also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a locally member-owned full-service financial invested in you. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. They have a top-ranked mobile app as well. We're also sponsored by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and right now, be sure to click the subscribe button to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to subscribe and free to listen. And please share the link to the podcast with others so they can listen as well. 
We'll talk again next week.